0: That one driven, deep right field. They could go, gone for Morgan Chris
1: And Vincent Chamberlain, that ball. Going to the wall, Chamberlain the second for this first hit, Rounded right second, going to third. for his first hit of the season. So, and the pitch, that one swung deep to left. And that one's gone. Savy Seaman with a three-run shot, and the Warhawks take the lead. Hey, everybody! Welcome to another episode of podcast on D Shot to talk about the um, incredible run that the UW Whitewater men's basketball team had on this season. Um, once again, having on Whitewater men's basketball coach Pat Miller to talk about the run and the season. Coach, thanks for joining me. Yeah, my pleasure. Um, so let's just start with uh, Derek Gray a little bit. Um, what was Derek like as a player
0: and what will you kind of remember most about him? Oh, there's a lot I'll remember about him. He he was a phenomenal player. You know, he, he led us in scoring, rebounding. Uh, he was our best defensive player, uh, outstanding leader. Uh, just, a, you know, a, a guy who was a winner, played hard all the time. You know, probably the biggest thing I had to manage with him is his dissatisfaction with uh, his teammates not playing hard enough, not playing the way he wanted them to play. Um, you know, and I, that's what I had to manage. And that was really the evolution for him. You know, he, he was doing everything himself. It was just, absur- or, you know, becoming more of a leader to, to get everybody else to be on board. And, and I think after his, you know, tragic death, I think guys understood what he was about. and I think in his honor, they they tried to do those things. I think they'd really tried to embrace what he was about and and what he he meant to the team and how he conducted himself. and and I think in in that respect, a lot of guys became better because of that.
1: Um, what kind of moments in terms of Derek kind of um, stick out? I know you were kind of talking about at one point the um, the Badgers exhibition game where you guys were down twenty, and he want, he thought you guys should have been up twenty or
0: something. Well, he just you know he was very confident, and um, you know he just you know was upset in the locker room. He didn't think Wisconsin was any good, and not only should we not be losing, we should be winning. Um, but he had a lot of great moments. You know the the game at Oshkosh where we were decimated by COVID. We had half our team there, and and he had an amazing performance and led us to victory there against a great team in in a tough venue. Um, you know, so I remember a lot of the basketball moments. But you know, the stuff I remember the most is you know the conversations we'd have in my office. You know, oftentimes not about basketball at all, and just the type of person he was. Um, you know, that's one of the things. You know, after he, he passed away, you know, being at the visitation, the funeral, you know, connecting with so many people, you know, whether people knew him when he was in grade school, middle school, high school at Whitewater, everybody said the same things about him just what a, a great guy he was, how he made time for other people, he connected with people, he was just, just a, a wonderful person. And, you know, that's really the you know, the tragic element of it is, you know, we lost a, a great person who I'm sure would have went on and done great things in the community and, and for whatever entity he was he was representing.
1: Um, One of the things that kind of pops in my head, I know DPQ um, kind of um, would ask about kind of how the, the Damar Hamlin thing kind of maybe opened up a wound. But um, the thing that nobody kind of asked is, um, I don't know if it's because a lot of the people that covered um, that team 10 years ago are really in the media side of things or they've graduated or whatever. But how much did the women's program, what they, what they went through 10 years ago with the Alex Scarborough situation, how much was that? Were they kind of a
0: help with kind of in, in the situation that you guys had with Derek? Well, I, I'm not you know, that specific situation never came up. I, I think overall, we had a lot of support from a lot of people. And, you know, certainly the women's team supported us. And, you know, we had an event on, on campus, you know, at the start of the school year that that they all attended, you know, so that that's one thing that's been a part of this is that just the, the number of people from literally across the country that have reached out, um, offered advice, other coaches who have had players pass away from you know, whether it's accidents, suicide, whatever the case may be, reaching out, just saying, hey, this is what you need to look for. This is how you need to try to manage it. And, and that's been, you know, appreciated as well as just support. Just, hey, you know, sorry about what you're going through and um, thinking about you guys. So counseling services here has been great. Uh, so it's, it's really been a wide range of support at a lot of levels because, you know, as you can imagine, it's, it's not something that goes away. Um, it's not something you heal from quickly, you know, his mom's been a big part of what we do and been very present. And, you know, I, am really proud of our players for the way they've supported her and continue to reach out to her and make her a part of everything. I, I think it shows great caring on their part. I think it shows outstanding character on their part. And, you know, there's, there's been a lot of elements of this year that, you know, really go so far above and beyond basketball that, um you know, I've been proud of these guys for, um you know, for months because of what they've endured, how they've handled it. And like I said, how they've continued to support people around them and each other. So it's it's been a, a year like no other, as you can certainly imagine. How much did kind of seeing that DeMar Hamlin thing kind of maybe open up any of those wounds or any of that? It was upsetting, um, you know, and and probably more so than than I anticipated. I was actually coming, I was driving home from working out and I was listening to the game on Sirius radio and, you know, the incident happened and, you know, I got home and the ambulance is on the field and people are, are circled and and it definitely was a triggering event like, like many things are. And that's, you know, part of what I've learned here is, you know, it it just, there's different times and different places where, it hits you, you know, like one minute you're good and the next minute you're not good. And you know, I'm sure our players go through a lot of it. I've, you know, like I said at the press conference at the final four, I mean, I still up until a couple of weeks ago, I had a player come in my office and shut the door and they need a hug and they're struggling. And it's a hard thing, you know, like death is a hard thing for people to deal with, you know, losing a parent. We all know we're going to lose our parents. It's, it's still difficult. It's sad. It's, you know, time passing and, and those are difficult things. But when you lose young people, um, it just it feels different, it hits different. And and I think for other younger people, it's it's a horrible thing to have to go through. Um, you know, I think even sometimes like accidents, you know, they're they're easy to understand, but a health situation like this from a really healthy, younger person, phenomenal athlete, that it's just hard to grasp. It's hard to understand. And I and I think you know, as I've said, it's it's just going to take a long, long time for everybody to heal. Um, let's
1: talk about the season a little bit. Um, one of the, one of the guys that kind of really stuck out, obviously, in the tournament was Miles stable. Obviously, his brother is on the team. Um, what are those two those two guys like um, as brothers, and did kind of having um, other situations of coaching brothers? Obviously, Eric and Drew Bryson are an example on that front um how how did a situation like that kind of help with you kind of coaching
0: um guys that are siblings well they're completely different than than Eric and Drew you know Eric was the you know he was the guy that was always yelling at Drew chastising Drew um you know little volatility in that relationship Miles and Delvin uh there's none of that um they have a great partnership uh they're very close Um, very like-minded, extraordinary work ethic. Those guys are in the gym all the time. They're very focused um, on their bodies, staying healthy, getting shots up, becoming better players, you know, identifying areas. You know, I think Miles as a freshman, you know, struggled a little bit defensively early and just really made a concerted effort to improve defensively, worked very hard in practice. And, you know, by the end of the year, he had gone from being a a marginal defender at best to an excellent defender. And, um, you know, I think as he continues to get stronger, that will continue to improve. So those guys just, you know, they're, they're really the easiest guys ever to coach. They, they work hard, they're low maintenance, they do everything you ask them to do and they're constantly trying to get better. So uh, I, I was really pleased with them. And I thought miles, you know, the impressive thing about him is a lot of times freshmen will get off to good starts and, they kind of wear down as the season go on goes on, but he actually, you know, was great throughout the whole season. He had an amazing NCAA tournament run. Um, so he was as good, you know, at the end of the year as he was at the beginning of the year and, you know, teams obviously are keying on him. You know, the game plan on him was just to be as physical as possible, try to beat him up, try to hold them, push him, whatever. And uh, he handled it well and had some spectacular moments and, um, So we're just you know really happy for him and um, excited about the future with him. Um, Can you talk about kind of the recruiting
1: process with him? I know I've heard some things about um, the how the recruiting process was, especially some other teams that didn't really know about him until um, late. um, Because uh, I remember talking to um, Jim Myron at the uh, the Homestead Kimberly game, and he was saying that there was uh, I don't know if it was like a summer tournament where Seth had to play him in one-on-one or something and those and uh, I think Miles might have won. Um, talk about that recruiting process with with Miles and obviously with Miles kind of t- sitting out his junior year of high school.
0: Well he he was really under-recruited um, to say the least and you know I saw him on video my assistant said hey what do you think of this guy and I watched about 30 seconds and said, like, we, we have to get this guy. I, we lit- like, literally drove up there the next day and went and watched him practice. Um, you know, I just, I thought he was exceptional. He reminded me a lot of Jeremy Manchester, who was an All-American for us from St. Catharines, except Miles was was a better shooter at this point, um, maybe even a little more athletic, but I, I could see similarities. So, um, you know, and, and obviously as time went on, uh, Delvin was playing at Marion. Uh, he was going to get into the portal and they wanted to play together. And, you know, I don't know if there was one other school that was willing to take both of them. Um, so, you know, they didn't even take very many visits. Uh, so it was uh, it was an interesting recruiting process because it was pretty simple uh, and they're both really good players. So um, it was good. I think him not playing his junior year certainly impacted it. Um, he played on a smaller AAU team. Um, so there wasn't a ton of visibility there. And I think, you know, the, a, a really important element was is, is Miles and Delvin wanted to play together. Um, and, and we were certainly willing to give them that opportunity at Whitewater. And obviously it's it's worked out extraordinarily well for both of us. How many uh, pairs of siblings have you coached at Whitewater? Oh, I don't even know, to be honest with you. I mean, the Bryson's obviously, Barn Stables, I'm sure there's probably others. If I uh, Was
1: them. there the Elkhorn? What's that? Was there the Elkhorn brothers that you have? Uh, yeah,
0: the Om- Omnis twins, yep.
1: Yeah. yeah. So there's been some. Okay. um, I guess kind of um, what does it mean, obviously, with this roster that you guys – you have two guys from Franklin and Capstrain and Vergas. You have Lambert and Barker from St. Cat's. Obviously, the Barna Stables. They kind of have multiple guys come, kind of from um, multiple different um, towns in Wisconsin to be on this roster.
0: Well, I mean, those are, you know, maybe not Howard's Grove, you know, Sheboygan area, but Racine, Milwaukee, you know, Janesville, Beloit. That, that's that been where we've gotten a lot of recruits. You know, you know, where we're, where we're fortunate is, you know, Franklin's had a really successful high school program. You know, both Carter and Isaac come from winning programs. St. Catherine's. Ty, Ty, Ty Bodell being a good coach over there in the SEC. Yeah, great coach, and you know St. Catharines has had a ton of success. You know, with Jameer and Lambo and all the good players they've had. So when when you get players from programs like that that have won championships and played in high level games and been part of runs, that helps you because they have a winning mentality. They understand what it's going to be like. They understand you know how you have to elevate your game. And, and we just had a number of guys who did that. And then you had players like Trayvon Chisholm, who's improved dramatically, you know, from last year to this year, his consistency level went through the roof. He shot the ball well from the perimeter. He, he was tough cause he was a good inside outside matchup defensively, he improved and, you know, we knew potentially he could be a, a really good player. And he showed that this year and he th- showed it throughout the year. So, you know, guys from winning programs, guys making improvements, guys embracing the roles, all of those things are important. Uh, for a team to make a good run and have a successful season.
1: Um, going back to Miles, where does Miles rank now in terms of some of the freshmen that you have? Where does he rank in terms of maybe comparing to maybe the Q?
0: Obviously, with Cordell's freshman year, you guys won the Natty. so it, It's it, it's hard because, you know, the guys had different people around them. You know, Aubrey Lewis Byers, you know, had a phenomenal freshman year, but they're just completely different positions. You know, so I, I don't love to compare guys from – you know, different teams and different eras, you know, I think it's a disservice because I think all, right. you know, all of them were great in their own right. And, you know, I think miles had a, had a, a, a really great freshman year. Um, I think there's a lot of room for improvement still. I think there's elements of his game. He can improve. Um, and I'm confident he'll do that. And that, that's one of the exciting things about someone like him is there's, there's still a lot of upside. He, he's far from a finished product and even Delvin as a junior, he's far from a finished product as well. I think both of them can get better and the way they work, I'm, I'm confident that they will. Um,
1: Going back to the season, when did you kind of figure out maybe that
0: you guys had the, the type of run that you guys um, made in you guys? You know, I don't know that I ever envisioned that. I, I thought we were potentially pretty good, you know, early on, you know, we lost a hope in a close game. We lost a North central in the coast game. Both of those teams Uh, returned a lot of players had some fifth year guys and they were just quite frankly further along with their systems and playing together you know so one of the message I had for these guys is like look you know we have moments where we're really good but we're inconsistent Um, a lot of these teams do not have a lot of upside um, because they've been playing together a long time and Um, you have upside, you know, we're going to learn our system better. We're going to learn to play with each other better. We're going to improve defensively. So I was, you know, I, I was confident that some of the teams we lost to early, you know, if we played them again in February, that we would be better than them. And I think to this team's credit, they worked very hard. They embraced their roles. You know, Jameer got much better as the season went on his shot selection, improved defensively. He improved tremendously. Um, so we just had a lot of guys working, improving, getting better. Um, JT Hoytick um, defensively from last year to this year was light years better guarding the ball. Drew Fisher, you know, did a great job rebounding, great job defensively. So we had a lot of guys chipping in, a lot of guys improving. And, and over the course of the year, we got better. And I think the, the game against lacrosse in the conference season when we went up there and won was a significant win for us because I think that gave them some belief that we could beat the best teams. Because you look at the run we had, you know, we had to go to lacrosse and win. You know, you look at computer rankings, they're a top 10 team. Then we had to go to Oshkosh and win one of the best teams in the country in the computer rankings. And then Wabash, I think, was 30th at the time. That was probably the only game in this whole run we were favored. Um, and we got by them. Case Western was a top 10 team. Um, John Hopkins was a top 10 team. Oswego State was a top 10 team. Mount Union um, was a top five team. So, you know, at the end of the day for us to be unranked and put together the run we had all on the road, all elimination games was, was pretty extraordinary.
1: You talk about kind of the run that you guys had um, kind of talk about the grittiness of your team a little bit, because I'll see you talk about, River Falls, if they hit a three, you guys would really have gotten beaten in the conference tournament. Obviously, the lacrosse conference tournament game was really close. Then you go into the Johns Hopkins game, and you guys are down six with, like, 41 seconds left and really took advantage of that. They weren't really a, that great of a free throw shooting team. Um, just And then, obviously, I think the sweet State game was kind of close as well. The Mountain Union game in the final
0: four was close. Just talk about the grittiness and about being able to pull out wins like that. Well, they they definitely have an underlying toughness to this team. They just they don't panic. Um, you know, they don't, you know, let mistakes linger. They just keep playing, they keep fighting. Um, I thought our activity level was, was great. We made plays when we needed to make plays. And even the Mount union game, you know, we, we didn't shoot free throws. Well, if we shoot 70% from the free throw line, uh, we put ourselves in a position to win that game. Um, and you know, the, the, the emotion, the, on the road, you know, like one of the things I was always concerned about is how much more do we have left in the tank? You know, cause we basically went a month straight playing top 10 teams on the road, um, and, and the travel's tough, you know, like when you're busing to Cleveland, playing a game on a Saturday night, busing home overnight, and then turning around Wednesday and going to, you know, drive bus into Chicago, fly into Richmond, you know, busing to Ashland, playing two games, then busing to D.C., delayed three hours, fly to Chicago, bus to Whitewater, and then Tuesday you're busing to Fort Wayne. Just a lot of travel. A lot of a lot of missed class time, a lot of bus time. And and that takes a toll. And to their credit, you know, they hung in there and and battled every step of the way. And as you noted, I mean, tough games, close games. I I think one of the differences this year in Division three, a lot of times there's maybe two, one, two, three teams that are just better than everybody else. This year, I really think there's probably 15 teams that could have won the national championship. And I think Guilford and lacrosse, who didn't even make the tournament. Are, are probably in that, in that boat. So it's just a lot of parody this year, a lot of close, tough games. And to their credit, they got through, you know, a lot of them. Um, talk about the Oshkosh game a little bit, because obviously that was kind of
1: um, maybe like the one way that you guys got, get, getting into the tournament with that kind of way. I know I walked into that gym, talking to um, Jim Myron and saying, I don't feel like Whitewater was going to win, but then like you guys, had a 10-point run in that game to grab a double-digit lead and kind of um, kind of answered the Oshkosh runs a little bit in that game. How much was that kind of such a big win for you guys, and how much was, did that help with momentum going into
0: the tournament? Well, I mean, if we don't win that game, I'm pretty confident we don't get in the tournament. I think that was a must-win game. Um, you know, even after the lacrosse win, our resume was good. Um, when you got to the second page, it wasn't great. So I'm pretty confident if we didn't win that game, we weren't getting into the tournament and it was just, um, you know, that was a game where they just, you know, we played with a lot of emotion. We played with a lot of energy. I think they understood we needed to win. And, you know, it's a tougher game for Oshkosh. They're, they're in the tournament no matter what. Um, you know, they beat us pretty good the first time they won in a close game at Whitewater, you know, where we were in there right till the end. So, um, I think for us, it was a, a much more meaningful game and our, our our guys played like it. They just like I said, there was a lot of emotion, a lot of purpose. And we just we hit big shots. We got scoring from various people. Um, so again, you know, kept after that, trying capturing for three from the top of the key in that game was a big yeah, shot. And, and you know, and he's he's a good example. Like he's a guy broke his leg in the fall, couldn't do anything in the fall, missed our our, our first few games you know, in trying to come back, rehab it, get back into shape, it's, it's a hard thing to do. It's really hard. And, and you know, down the stretch, he, he certainly elevated his game. Um, you know, we knew when we recruited him, he'd be a really good player. And he's a big game player and hits big shots. He did it all through high school. And we, we got that version of him once he was able to play in shape, once he was able to get confidence. And and again, to make a run like this, you, you need a bunch of guys. It's not one or two guys. And, you know, he had some exceptional rebounding games. He had some double, double games. So again, you know, early in the year, he's coming off an injury. He's not really himself. You know, again, we knew he would become himself. We were pretty confident once he got games under him, under him and reps and got confidence. So, so again, the whole theme of this team is just was getting better. And, and he, he was a huge part of it. You know, we're really happy with him, you know, and, and he's again, a great leader. He knows how to play, um, does a great job involving his teammates and, you know, his play down the stretch was, was, was pretty great too. And, and again, another younger guy, we have a lot of freshmen sophomores that contributed a great deal on this team that, you know, we're, we're pretty excited about for the future. Um uh,
1: talk about, the other big the cool thing from the the conference tournament final um talk about how cool it was to kind of have Derek's mom be the final person on the
0: on the ladder to cut down the conference tournament net well it was great you know like I said earlier our guys have done a great job um, staying in contact with her making her part of it and she is part of it and, and Derek's part of it Um, you know, he was with us every step of the way this year. Um, no ifs, ands, or buts about it, whether it's, you know, the four pushups to start, um, start our workouts or. Uh,
1: who was it that got fouled with four seconds?
0: Uh, that was Jameer, you know, we finished fourth in the country. So, you know, he, he certainly was present, you know, you know, every year is a story and, and, you know, a big part of this year had a lot of storylines. You know, players emerging, freshmen having outstanding years, Cap Strand coming back off an injury, you know, Trey making great improvement, you know, getting his consistency. But certainly a, a major storyline of this year was Derek and, and what this team has been through and how they rallied around him and played in his memory and played in his honor. That that was a big part of what we did. So, so having Tracy there and, and having her finish off cutting down the net was – the, the the absolute right and most appropriate thing we could have done.
1: Going back kind of to the tournament, one of the things when I was watching the games that kind of aggravated the heck out of me um, was kind of rebounding specifically on the defensive side of the ball where there was some possessions where you guys would get a defensive rebound and maybe not convert on the other side to take advantage of some of those opportunities. How much does a tournament like this, where it's kind of like, um, help with kind of saying that these smaller like different aspects of the game are are important and how much was kind of pl- putting like kind of rebounding on both the offensive and defensive side of the ball how important that was
0: during that run. Well, all those things are hugely important and you know the the benefit of playing good teams and this is why you want to schedule good teams early in the year is your weaknesses are exposed and and the higher level teams you play, the less you're going to get away with. Uh, the, the more technically sound you have to be. And, you know, that was an area, you know, we, you know, the, against Mountain Union, we gave up 22 offensive rebounds, like absolutely can't happen. I get it. They're physical, they're athletic, but we, th- that's an area we have to get better at. You know, I thought the areas we shot a great percentage from the floor. Um, our three points percentage was good. Overall, our free throw percentage was good. We did a great job taking care of the basketball. We had low turnovers, Overall, we did a great job rebounding like the Case Western game. Um, we destroyed them on the glass. The Oswego State game. They, Oswego came into the game plus 12 rebounding. We smashed them on the glass. So, you know, there's a lot of positive things, a lot of things to build upon. But, but still, it's, it's eliminating mistakes, you know, eliminating a couple turnovers, eliminating a couple missed shots, making a few more free throws. Th- those things in these games become the difference. You know, you know, the Mount Union game was a highly contested game and we do a little better job blocking out. Don't give them as many second chance points and make a few more free throws. And it's a good likelihood we'd be playing for a national championship. Now, we didn't do those things. So those are certainly the areas we address and we'll look to get better at in the offseason. I guess first question
1: of the three I'm thinking about right now. Um, what did it mean to get back and be
0: able to cut down another net to go to the final four for you? It was important. You know, we just um, we we had a couple down years. You know, we lost Rongstead, all those guys, and the year after that was an unmitigated disaster. You know, we brought some guys in that just our returning guys didn't step up. The new guys we brought in didn't gel. Um, you know, that team probably had the worst most toxic leadership of any team I've ever coached at Whitewater. So it was just really, really an unmitigated disaster. We, you know, we made the decision we were going to clean house, bring in a bunch of younger guys. Um, and then we hit the COVID year and, you know, that year was valuable for us. You know, we, we went one in seven or one in eight, whatever it was, but we were in, I think every game, but one, we were playing younger guys. Uh, I thought overall, the culture and the tone of the program changed dramatically which it needed to do and then you know last year we were 15 and 11 had some big wins um you know again still coming coming off COVID we had a a loss up at River Falls where you know we didn't practice for 10 days before we played because of COVID we had a lot of guys out so still managing those things but we clearly had made progress, Um, we had some good wins, even at 15 and 11, we were really close to making the tournament because we had so many quality wins. So this was an important year to take the next step. And and obviously, with Derek's passing, you know, that really, from a basketball perspective, created a lot of questions. And so for these guys to do what they did, you know, win 25 games, make it to the final four, win the conference tournament championship, I I think we've reestablished you know, where we need to be as a program, the, the culture is great, um, these guys share the ball, they work hard, um, so, uh, it, you know, I knew it would take a while, um, you know, and I, and I think, to be honest with you, we're probably a little ahead of schedule um, with this run and getting back to the final four, I didn't quite think it would happen this quickly, but, you know, I'm happy it did, because th- those couple of years were, uh, were rough, to say the least. Um,
1: second question, what was it like to play Mount Union in something other than football?
0: Well, I never played them against football, against them in football. So for me,
1: I I know that, but like Whitewater's played them so much in football that it was different to play them in something other than football.
0: Yeah, I, I think for our fans, it's fun. Obviously it's a big football rivalry. You know, for me, it was just a really good team with a bunch of fifth year seniors who were strong and physical and knew how to win basketball games. And that's, you know, about the extent of it for me. Okay.
1: Um, the other question, as I'm trying to think of questions on the fly here, um, what did it mean that obviously with the tournament run that everybody you guys played, it was one of the maybe you guys hadn't played ever outside of maybe not union, which you guys had only had one prior matchup with in the 90s. Um, what did it mean to kind of get um, play some of these new, new teams for you guys. And does that set up anything for maybe
0: even future non-conference matchups or. Well, I don't know about non-conference, but it was fun. You know, I, I, where you get placed and who you play has a huge impact on the type of run you can make. And, and I knew getting out of the Midwest going East was going to be to our advantage. I just, no one will ever convince me differently. The bulk of the the good teams in division three basketball are in the midwest and getting away from that i think was helpful and and i'm certainly you know case western was really good um oswego was really good john hopkins was really good but you know they're different teams they're different matchups um you know we got away from the washus the north parks the wheatons you know who are traditionally who we would play Um, So I thought that was a benefit for us. I think playing different teams was a benefit. I think it was fun. And, um, you know, I know Elmhurst, they were third in the CCIW last year and they went through the same, they went the same direction and got to the final four and actually the national championship game before they got beat. So, you know, that's two years in a row where a team from the Midwest has gone that direction and, and had a lot of success. Um,
1: where does this rank in terms of? Obviously, you played in the Final Four as a player. You coached in, or and won a national championship as a player. Um, you've coached two national championships at Whitewater, and then obviously this one, this Final Four appearance. Which which of the Final Fours that you've been a part of
0: is the most impressive to you? I don't know if any of them are more oppressive than the other. I mean, they're just, they're all different. You know, winning as a player is the ultimate, you know, that's, you know, you're you're out there making plays and, you know, you feel the most responsibility. You know, obviously winning it as a coach is great. And it was, you know, you feel more of a facilitator and supporting your team who's out there doing things. And I think this year, just with everything we've been through, um, the amount of emotion and purpose that these guys played with was really something I've never experienced in my career. There was just a different feel. um, And I think in that respect, how unexpected this was, um, the number of close games coming back from six with 40 seconds and somehow winning a game. It it was just, um, like I said, it was like nothing else I've ever experienced.
1: Um, Going back to the final four, um, what does it mean that obviously all, all three of those games were close? You guys had the close game with Mount Union. The Swarthmore-Christopher Newport game was a close game, and they have a, a national championship game between Christopher Newport and Mount Union where Mount Union scores, and there's 4.3 on the clock, and they go, and Christopher Newport goes basically like you guys in 2014 goes length to the court to, to put up a basket with no time remaining. Um, what did it
0: mean to be a part of that type of Final Four? And obviously you have all these games that were so close. Well, and like I said before, I I think there were 15 teams. You know, Wheaton loses a close game against Christopher Newport. We win a close game against Oswego State. You know, Oshkosh has to go to Mount Union and play them on their home floor in in a tight game. Any of those teams were capable of winning it. And and it was just, you know, who was going to have a better shooting night than normal? What player off the bench was going to step up? It was a good player going to have an off night. I just think it was a fine line. And I said in the press conference on Wednesday, I I really felt like any four of the teams could come out as the the champion. I thought everybody was good. You know, there was no one I looked at and thought, oh, my my goodness, you can't beat these guys or they're dominant. And I think that's how it played out. Throughout this, there was a lot of close games. And you saw that throughout the year. They're just, you know, there were just very good teams that weren't dominant or, or heads and shoulders above everybody else. You know, you, you throw in Randolph-Macon, who I think they had won 64 games in a row at home before Oswego knocked him off on Friday night. You know, that playing Oswego on a neutral court and nothing, taking nothing away from them. They're an exceptional team, but that is an entirely different experience than playing Randolph-Macon on their home floor to go to the final four. You How know, did I, that compare to when
1: you guys cut down the nets the last time but when Stevens Point got nipped by Emery? And having to play Emory on on Stevens Point's
0: court, did that compare it all to that? It, it was very similar. It's it's just you know, and again, it's nothing against the teams you're playing. It's just an easier road. You, it's just a an easier game. Yeah, you know, you playing Mount Union at Mount Union for Oshkosh. That is a tough task. Wheaton going too. Especially Christians. with kind of having them having a more home court advantage. Right. Right. And and Randolph Macon had an amazing home court advantage. They had a huge crowd, their game management, you know, very tough place to play. You know, so that's a great win for Oswego. And like I said, they're they're a really good team, but playing Oswego on a neutral court is inherently different than playing Randolph Macon on their home floor to go to the final four. So, you know, and that and that's what goes into these runs. It's matchups, it's getting lucky on on things like that. It's people playing well, it's staying healthy. Um, you know, John Hopkins lost one of their best players in February, broke his wrist or hand or something. You know, those things impact teams. So we, we are fortunate to stay healthy. We are fortunate to have good matchups that we could handle. And, you know, we got breaks along the way for sure. Was it interesting going up against somebody that
1: played against, played at uh, Virginia? There was some guy in on one of the teams there in the run that played at Virginia with, you um, with Tony Bennett, that played
0: under Tony Bennett. Yeah, I mean, he, he he was a good player. I mean, it's not like he played a prominent role at Virginia, but um, he he was a good player. Okay. Um,
1: unrelated thing, you can duck this if you want. What what's your thoughts on obviously the change at Stevens Point with Bob Semling being let go? Um, and out of that,
0: do you do you feel like does Nick Bennett go after that at all? I have no idea. Okay. I do not. The inner workings of those things and I would be purely speculating on things I have no idea about which is always a bad idea.
1: Okay um going back to kind of um going into the next next year how, how cool is it to kind of have almost everybody back next year and then obviously does it feel like it could be 2013-14 again where your team's good and Carrie's team it kind of kind of has to plug a little bit of holes here and there. But um obviously, they were close to going making a similar run with you than you with that you guys did. If, if Grendel doesn't get hurt, maybe they get get to the same spot that you guys got. Um, does it feel like next year could be like 13 14 where your team's good and her team is another team that can make that both of you guys can make runs at the same time?
0: I don't know. I just I think that's just a dangerous way to to look at things. you know, every okay. year different with you know, like I said with injuries. You know, certainly, you know, we'll, we'll add some parts with recruiting. Um, people have to gel. You have to make improvements. And I think the biggest thing I've told our guys is, like, you've gone from the hunter to the hunted. And, and they've done it in record time um, to where, you know, you, you went from being an unranked team to finishing ranked fourth in the country. I'm pretty certain we'll be a top five team in the country next year in the preseason polls. So that whole dynamic has shifted and that's what they're gonna to have to prepare for and and um and we, we have to get better you know it's, it's just because you had a good run this year and and, and just like,
1: because dave the and all them were saying the, the rest of the we
0: actually be scared well i don't think any of them are scared I yeah I, I think there's a lot of good teams and, and and again it's part of it is what's your chemistry are you staying healthy um and and certainly we're positioned well, but a lot of things have to happen. There's a lot of work to do. There's a lot of improving to do uh, in the offseason. And like I said, and and we're going to, you know, we typically do, but even more so now we're going to get everyone's best shot. So no, nothing is, you know, predetermined. There, there's a lot of work to do. And, you know, look at North Carolina this year. If you want an example of a team that you know, had an amazing year and turned around and didn't make the NCAA tournament. You know, I, no one would have predicted that in a million years. So if you or, get, or
1: Kansas,
0: um, with the year they had, obviously they won the Natty last year and them getting beat. Yeah, it's nothing, nothing is uh assured. So there's a lot of work to do and in, in that constant focus on process. Um, might as well pull a Dave McHugh here, give you the kind of the, the last, last thoughts. I uh, just, oh, you know, it was just an exceptional year and just really proud of our guys. Um, and again, you know, for more than just basketball, how they supported each other. Um, thankful for the people who supported us, um, you know, simple things like the GoFundMe, um, to help offset funeral expenses was amazing. We raised over $20,000, um, pretty easily and quickly. So it, it, the outpouring of support has been tremendous, and um, we're thankful for that, and and thankful for what everyone did because it were it was a great year, uh, but certainly a very difficult year, and, and the difficulty of it will will continue.
1: Um, Coach, thanks thanks for joining me. Um, congrats on the season. I'll tell Coach Leipold that you said hi next week, and uh, if any Whitewater alumni want to do that Holy Cross tournament at at some point um, and get a Whitewater teams, I know Ashkash has a. All Oshkosh team and that Showalter Walter and Bruster on a team with that. Um, we can figure something out if any of them would be interested.
0: Sounds good. All, All right. Hey, right. well, have a good weekend. Thanks, coach. Yep. See you. Thanks.
1: Thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode of Podcasts on d Feel free to give any of the other episodes a listen as a lot of them have some great, exciting content as well as some great interviews. Don't forget to give my Facebook page a like, Daniel Schottler Journalist, as well as give me a follow on Twitter or Instagram at dshot 1992 Don't forget to subscribe if you're on Google Podcasts or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever you can find this. And hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for listening and have a good day.